Uh, I'll keep things short, keep it nice and brief. Um, continuing our All In series, uh, led by the Spirit, All In, we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. And last week, Rihanna started with love, the first listed fruit of the Spirit there. And uh, in, uh, in um, regards to a quick revision, she had a, um, an acrostic poem there. Anyone remember what the L star stood for? Wonderful. Good. Anybody remember what the O stood for? Abby. Wow. You are good. Yeah. This is this good, Rihanna. They're remembering. The V stood for? Verbatim. Yes. Looking at God's word, word for word. And the E? Even when it's tough. Rihanna is so happy down here. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Joy, the second of the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5. Now, I learnt this one when I was in Sunday school many, many years ago. And it's just a very simple one. Jesus first. Others and last yourself. So that's a very simple thing to remember, that if we focus on Jesus and then what we can do for others and then ourselves, then that can create joy. Now, if that's hard to remember, uh, here's another way to look at joy as well. Now, if the text is a little bit small, it says, the doctor's talking, it's an infectious screen you contracted from a contagious Christian. And my prayer is that the joy we have is infectious and it is contagious. It's not for ourselves to hang on. I want to start by saying that joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. And we'll explore what that means as we go on. But this verse says, this is the day the Lord has made. And I've emphasized, we will rejoice and be glad. Whether we're inside, whether we're evacuating whether we're praying for an older married couple or younger married couples or not going to a picnic or whatever we're doing, this is the day that the Lord has made and we can choose to rejoice and be glad. Rejoice, of course, means to show or feel great delight, but I think it's even deeper than that. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. Three points. The first one. We can be a consumer or a contributor when it comes to things of the Spirit, when it comes to joy, when it comes to being part of the body of Christ. We can be a consumer or a contributor. By consumer, I mean someone who needs, who takes, who is thirsty, who is um, getting all that they can. And at times, that's what we need to do. This isn't the good thing and the bad thing. This is a balance, hence the balance scales. Contributor, someone who's in a position to give, to serve. And if you think of your part in the body of Christ, we all do have a part. And our part is to contribute, to give, to serve, to help each other. And when it comes to joy, we can be the kind of people who just need to take all that in. We take the joy that God has, we take the joy from other people because that's what we need. 
ideally we need to be in a position where we can contribute to the body of Christ, where what we do, what we say, how we act, our attitudes, how we go through life contributes to the joy in the body of Christ. And there are times we oscillate between the two. There's times we need to be filled. We need to consume what's there in the body of Christ, what God has for us. But if that's all we do, then the balance becomes tipped. A good way to test this out, I think, are your prayers. Are your prayers more for yourself and for your needs or for the world around you? That's a bit of a a test, consuming or contributing. A consumer might think, I want to find joy. I want to seek after joy. That's my purpose. And there's this lovely picture on the screen there of, uh, of a lady sitting in a field of grass, um, sunlight filtering down there through the trees, and uh, it's finding and chasing your joy. That's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. It's a dead end. If you're seeking joy, if you're Uh, that's your motivation, that's what you're after, then it will be a dead end because that's not where we find joy. We find joy by growing close to God. We can't see in that picture, but it could be that the grass is wet. It could be like the Collier's Ranch. Or it could be that there are ants. Or maybe she's holding a hat because it's windy. Um, And maybe she took the jacket off for the photo, but it's freezing cold. And we find that with joy. We go seeking for it and we find that things haven't quite worked out as we expected. It's a dead end. Joy is not about trying harder. It's not about, I'll just work a little bit more, put a bit more effort into this, that or the other, and I will find joy. It's not how it goes. The Bible tells us that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. I know that graphic on the screen is very tiny, but let me circle that little tiny word of. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that we can capture, that we can chase after, that as a consumer we'll just grab whatever joy we can. That's not how it works at all. The Bible says, of Jesus' words, I did not choose you, sorry, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. If we're bearing fruit, then we're contributors. We're contributors. And I think there's three reasons why Jesus said that we will bear fruit. One is that we can tell what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears. Now you can tell that that image on the screen, it's an apple tree because there's apples on it. If there were no apples on it, no fruit, you might not know what kind of tree it is. Jesus actually said, by the fruit, the tree is known. So if we are people who are full of joy, fruit of the Spirit... People will know us as Christians. They will be able to identify us as the apple tree. Identify us as people of joy. How can you be joyful given the circumstances? How can you evacuate this building and sit out there and be so happy about it? How can you go through these hard times? How can you go through 68 years of marriage and still be joyful? (laughs) It's possible. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. But people can see that the joy we have tells that we are Christians and if that's the kind of fruit that we have if we are known for our joy then we bring others into faith and that's another thing that fruit does it propagates the species apple tree has apples that has seeds that will grow more apple trees 
And the joy we have if we're contributing that to others around sows seeds of faith. And of course, the joy that we share, the fruit of the Spirit that we have, is for the blessing of other people. Have you ever seen an apple tree eat its own apples? I doubt it. I doubt it. It's there for the benefit and the blessing of others. And if we're a consumer, we're wanting the fruit of the Spirit and the joy for ourselves. If we're a contributor, we are happily having the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives for the benefit of the community around us. But keep in mind that our relationship with God is not based on our performance, but on the finished work of Christ. It's a quote by Tim Keller. So it's not about how much fruit we seem to have, how much joy we seem to give. It's about the work that Jesus is doing in us. Here's the second point if you're taking notes. Sugar is deceitful. Sugar is deceitful. Let me tell you about that. Jane and I have two grandsons and they have loads of energy. I think every house needs to have a circuit and it might be you go in this room and then through the corridor and back out here and round here and you chase each other around through the building, through the house rather. Their house is only tiny. Their circuit is the dining room table. So we finish a meal and we're sitting down chatting with our daughter and son-in-law and the boys are going around and around and around and around the table. And it will always end in tears, either because we say, stop, that's enough. No, you have to sit still. Or because one of them, usually the younger one, who's still figuring out, wow, I've got feet and I've got legs and I can run, and will eventually hit something because he's looking down and not looking up. But Eliza and Dan, our our daughter and son-in-law, are very careful not to add to the natural energy that the boys have by giving them lots of sugar, especially around bedtime. Sugar gives that little burst of energy, but it also fools your brain into thinking that you're still hungry. So if you're eating sugary things, you think, I need more and more because it suppresses that part of the brain that says, stop, you've had enough. And so you're putting more and more sugar into the body, getting all these little bursts of energy, the eyeballs start to bounce around and you run around around the dining room table until you hit something. Chasing after joy can be like sugar. If we're looking at things other than what comes from God, it's like a sugar hit. So if we think, if I just get that motorbike, I'll be happy. Life will be so much better. Or if I go on that holiday on that yacht and just in the crystal clear water and we just sit and relax, oh, I'll be so joyful. Or if things can work out with family and friends, that will create joy. Well, those things are like that sugar hit where it might seem like we have joy, but it's not long-lasting joy. There's a quote there that's a little hard to see on the screen from one of my favourite authors, C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis says, Sometimes I wonder if all pleasures are not substitutes for joy. Sometimes I wonder if all pleasures are not substitutes for joy. Now, if you put away all the sugary treats 
and there's nothing of that in the house, if you're hungry, you have to eat good food. If we take away all these things in our lives that we chase after that will give us that joy hit that doesn't last, then we have to chase after the things that really are the solid things in our life. And that's relationship with God. When I was looking at bits and pieces on the internet for this, I came across a health site that talked about sugar. And this isn't a Christian site, but what a great message. A sugar-filled diet gives you about a birthday candle's worth of energy, while a healthy diet is more like an eternal flame. So if you're chasing after joy, it's like that sugar fix, it will give you about a birthday candle's worth of joy. But if we connect with God, and the Bible says that he is the vine, we are the branches, remain connected with him so that you will bear much fruit. If we do that, then the joy can be like an eternal flame. The challenge there is what is it that we're looking at for our joy? If it's things around, it's like that sugar fix. Or do we hide all the sugary treats and think, God, what really is it? that will give me that joy. And of course, that's a relationship with him. From James, we read, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing Let me highlight some key words there. Troubles of any kind. Opportunity for joy. Let's just stop there for a moment. When you have troubles, do you count that as an opportunity for joy? Or do you go looking for that sugary treat that will fix things up and make you feel better? An opportunity for joy. Our faith is tested and our endurance can grow. Joy is not a quick fix. It can take a long time to push through the struggle, to push through what we're going through to get to that point of joy. But because we push through, because we have endurance, then the joy we have is a whole lot deeper, can be perfect and complete. Even Jesus had to do that let us run with endurance that's not a sugar fix endurance that's a good solid diet worth of endurance the race that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross the joy that was awaiting him so the joy wasn't that moment on the cross That was quite nasty. But he knew that the only way to get the joy of putting things back in right place with God for us was to endure the cross. And do we consider that when we're going through the struggles that we face, that there is joy awaiting? It may not be there right then and there unless we grab something sugary and fool ourselves into thinking we have joy. But as we push through... Through the struggles, endure what's happening, then the joy is there. 
The joys are waiting for us, but we have to push through. Continuing, think of the hostility he, Jesus, endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I think that's a great clue as to how to get through those difficult times, those troubles. Think of Jesus getting through all he did for us. Let's not give up. If we push through, there is joy that's awaiting. My last point. I read this phrase in an educational blog recently, and it's dawned on me how applicable it is to so many aspects of life. From awareness, through utilisation into optimization. Now what that means is we can become aware of something and that's great. We can be aware that yes joy is from the fruit of the spirit. I don't go chasing after things. Um, If I remain close to God then my joy can be full. So to get joy I need to stay close to God. I can be aware that my joy is not to make my life good, but it's like that bucket of apples. It's for the blessing of other people, and I can contribute to the body of Christ. I can be aware of all of that, and I can leave this building and go home and talk about the evacuation that happened. Yes, I know all this stuff about joy. But what this saying is is, uh, urging us to do is, well, you're aware of something, put it into practice. Utilise it. And if you're doing that, well, optimise it. Make it even better. I love that expression from awareness through utilisation into optimisation. The Bible says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. That's the awareness part. I listen to the word, I hear it, I have this head knowledge, I understand it. But if that's where it stops, I am deceiving myself. Yes, I know about the fruits of the Spirit. Yes, I know about love. Yes, I know about joy. Yes, I'll find out about peace next week. But if I don't do what it says, then I'm fooling myself. Here's some practical ways where you can move from awareness to utilisation. And if you're at utilisation, into optimization. And the first of these is simply by keeping God's commandments. And you say, well, Graham, how's this practical? How's this practical? Well, if you think about it, if someone says these are the commandments, these are the, uh, the conditions, this is what you need to live your life by, people will think, well, that's a boundary or limitation. But it's not. It's not. Keeping God's commandments, doing what he would have us do, moves us into his love And as the verse says, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I've told you this so my joy can be in you and your joy may be complete. So if you're wanting joy, if you're wanting to put something in practice, start by keeping the commands of God. What is it that God's challenging you with? What's he saying to you? What do you know you need to do that you're not? Or you are doing, and you should do more often. What are the commands of God's? Do you understand what those commands are? Are you reading your Bible? That's a practical thing you can do to understand more about God and who he is so that joy may be in you. Trusting in God. In Romans we read, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Sorry for whoever's doing next week's on peace. I've sort of started to steal a little bit of it, haven't I? 
But as we trust in God, we are filled with joy and peace. So what is it that we trust in? What is it that we hope for? What is it that we aim for in our lives? If we can put those things aside and simply trust God, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening in this circumstance. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know how to get through this problem. I can't see a solution. The more we focus on those kind of things, the more we fill our spiritual diet with sugar. But if we trust in God, then joy can be in us. God above all else. From the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, not a name you hear often these days. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. So above anything else that's happening in my life, above the drought in New South Wales. And I was talking with a farmer out at Coonabarabran when we were visiting Eliza and Dan. His land can no longer produce anything for his cattle to survive. No food, no water. In good times, the land produces all that the cattle need. It costs him $17,000 for six weeks' worth of food and water. His cattle are on rations, survival rations, which means they'll stay alive, but there's no condition on them. So he can't sell them because he'll get nothing for them. He wasn't sure whether to put crops in for the summer because if he sows them and there's no rain, they won't germinate and he's wasted thousands of dollars worth of seed. If he doesn't sow them and it does rain, then it's too late to put them in. I said to him, how do you cope? He said, I trust God. He said, the drought can't take God from me. And that's a wonderful example of exactly what this verse is talking about. Above all else, we know that there is God and we can be joyful in that. We can be joyful in that God is there, that he's our saviour. Seeking after the things of God is another practical thing we can do. What is it that you want? If you had a magic wand or a genie and you had a wish or three wishes or whatever number comes with the genie and you could have whatever you want, what would it be? What would it be? This verse encourages us to seek after the things of God. Not about eating and drinking and all the things that go on with life, but it's about seeking after God. So if you want joy, seek after that which comes from God. And the last point in this section here is that joy can be restored. If you have a life and you feel that the joy is lost, it can be restored. Perhaps you know the story of David who wrote these words. After lusting after another man's wife, taking her, her becoming pregnant, him arranging for her husband to be killed so he could marry the wife and cover up his sin, he got caught out. And he was brokenhearted. And Psalm 51 is a beautiful psalm. Scott was talking about forgiveness. If you want to read a psalm of true repentance and seeking forgiveness, read Psalm 51. But in this, in this verse it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So if joy is lost, it can be restored again. And that is an amazing promise.
that is an amazing promise. I'll conclude with this verse, and this is from the Passion Translation of the Bible. And I love the way it's expressed here. We overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. So if everything else I've mentioned this morning tends to fade from memory, just remember this one thing, that because of what Jesus has done, we are in harmony with God and we can overflow. There's that O word. We can overflow the joy that comes from knowing who God is. It starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. We don't go chasing what the world offers as sugary substances. We start by a closer relationship with him. And that joy overflows in us and is for others. And somewhere in all of that, we'll find things are going better for ourselves as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. We thank you that you offer us so much in our life. And Father, I pray that we will step closer to you and fill, and, and fill ourselves with your joy. Lord, point it out to us if we start chasing other things as substitutes. God, I pray that we will be known as a church community that is just fruitful in every possible way. Father, for people who are here today who are struggling with circumstances in life, things just aren't lining up, Father, I pray that they may know your joy and your peace in this situation too. We ask this in your name. Amen.